0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Canty in for key today. Morning, guys. Morning, what, morning. What's what up, baby? What's going,
1: what's going on? on? What's popping?
0: Tell you what, uh, we're just talking to the guys.
1: What's slapping? Uh,
0: <laughs> Rothenberg and DiPietro. I was just talking to the guys about... Uh, what the Jets should do. Oh, I thought you were mm. going to talk about tipping. No, yeah, they're yeah. bad tippers, apparently. Mm. Yeah. No. No. Um, I was, But I was talking about what the Jets should do, because uh, Evan, our producer, and I were talking about it because he's a psychotic Jets fan. You kind of have to be psychotic to be a Jets fan. You do. It. But mm. I don't
2: know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, who are
0: you talking to? I was talking to him. What do you mean? <laughs> Evan's having the conversation by himself. <laughs> <laughs> They'll say you're crazy, Evan. No, shut up. They won't. I, we just like the Jets. Right, Evan? Um, <laughs> but, guys, they got the, they got two top ten picks. If they could, if the Jets could leave those picks alone and just use other stuff to get a, an elite receiver like a Metcalf or an A.J. Brown, should they? Or do they have so many holes, they just got to use it all to fill holes? First, guys, here is Robert Sala, Jets head coach at a press conference talking about addressing their attempt at trading for Tyreek Hill.
3: We thought it would be a really good opportunity when it was presented to us to add a, an elite player to our, to our offense, uh, along with all the really good players that we have now. And uh, uh, Obviously, Joe was aggressive, took a big swing, didn't work out, win some, lose some, uh, but happy we tried it. You win some, you lose some. The young man wanted to go to Miami. We knew that. Uh, We knew we had to be aggressive, which I felt like we were. And, uh, you know, it's uh, really excited for him, you know, that he gets his opportunity to go back home but uh, and really excited for the opportunity to compete against him.
0: Now, what was hilarious earlier in the show is that I talked about one of my top three worst sports memories was, you know, the Giants kicking it to Deshaun Jackson with a season on the line. Mm -hmm. And Chris Canty played in that game for the Giants. And I'm like, "Eh, never mind you. Exactly, right? Like, but he was more hurt by it. I was. I believe yeah, I, was. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I believe he's I man, was. More, he was more, more invested in it. If you were so success. invested in it, why'd you yeah, let him come back 21 points? Because they had defense. Michael
3: Vick playing quarterback. You try catching him. Oh, Chris, wow. Chris, Michael Vick Chris, and Deshaun Chris, Watson. What I Deshaun don't need right so now are excuses.
1: That's really? Right. I don't need you to. I don't, so don't so want you to set that tone. That's what we're doing. I'm a Giants fan. What do you want from me? I
3: understand that. We got you a Super Bowl of the year. It's not enough. All right. The Jets. That's all you got to hold on to right now, Jay. I'm sorry. That's a fair point. So, guys, the Sad Jets
0: did miss out on Tyree Kill, right? They missed out on Tyree Kill, and he is a unique talent. He's not yeah. like any other receiver. Not mm-hmm. really. Cheetah. But should they give up a package of draft picks for A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel or D.K. Metcalf? I'm not saying those guys are all the same. To me, Metcalf's a little bit different potentially, right? If they don't have to touch one of their top ten picks, they don't have to give up anything in the first round. Then they can go out and get a pass, rush, or a corner, whatever they need. Would you do that? Uh, me? Just let me draft just tell, picks, well, right? Draft me, picks, right? Just draft picks and not, neither, of the, neither of the top ten picks. Here's what I'm saying. If I have a lot of needs, I'd like to address them through the draft. I want to sign plug holes with short-term deals that will come off the books so that if Zach Wilson – Actually has it, and we're ready to win. At that point, I got money to spend. I don't want to tie it. I don't want to trade draft picks for a receiver. I then have to treat like a free agent and sign to a big contract. Evan is a Jets fan. He feels differently. He wants the bird in the hand. Chris, what do you do?
3: Yeah, I don't have a problem going after a proven commodity because mm-hmm. the draft picks—that's a—that's a roll of the dice. It's a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get. So going after a guy like DK Metcalf in, in, in you know from an organization that seems like they're in sell mode would make some sense. Now AJ Brown, Debo Samuel. Those guys aren't going anywhere. Those those deals are going to get done because those teams are competing for a championship. But DK Metcalf seems to be the guy that everybody's starting to pay attention to. And if you're the Jets, you got two top 10 picks. You got two second round picks. You got two fourth round picks this year. That's a lot of draft capital. I don't necessarily need all those rookies on my team. Mm -hmm. Let me mortgage some of that draft capital in order to bring over some veterans because all of these young guys that I have on this roster – Need some veteran leadership. You got to teach young guys how to win. And so, going after a receiver, a big time playmaker, not only helps your quarterback, but it helps your locker, locker room. room. It helps Facts. Rob Sala and Joe Douglas establish their program and give it some legitimacy, some credibility in the eyes of the young players that don't necessarily know what pro football is all
1: about. It gives you leadership, Cece. It gives you leadership, and I, I got which tell is you why
3: if- I'm not mad that they missed mm-hmm. out on Tyreek Hill. Because I don't know that Tyreek Hill gives you that leadership. Playmaking ability, I'll give you. But when you're giving a guy $30 million a year, Jay,
1: you're paying him for more than just the production on the field. I'm just going to say this, and it's, it's not football related, but leadership in general. My rookie year going to the league, like we had Jalen Rose, who was our leader. But Jalen Rose was coming from the De- uh, from Detroit, from Indiana, excuse me, and he had a really bad experience with Isaiah Thomas. And the way he led, it was so Different because it was, it was about being rebellious. Mm. It wasn't about, hey, this is what we need to do for it. He wanted to win, he wanted the ball out, but it wasn't as locked up as it would have been as my experience coming from Duke. So, do you, you talk about that leadership you have? If you have a DK Metcalf that can, hey, Elijah Moore, come here, young fella. Let's go out, let's have dinner. This is how we do it. But also, though, CC, it helps you find out sooner about Zach Wilson because now it's in you're throwing to somebody who's proven. There was somebody who can make the catches and it gives you a better insight, I think, on if he's your guy or not sooner or later.
3: Yeah, because I mean, look at what the Jets had to work with this year, right? They had Braxton Barrios, Corey Davis, and Elijah Moore. I mean, Keelan Cole, those guys, none of those guys are number one receivers. They're not. DK Metcalf is, and he's proven that. And beyond that, Jay. He showed me his true sports character in that primetime game where Russell Wilson throws an interception and he hawks down Buda Baker and stops him inside the 10-yard line. Bingo. Like, he gives, he gives his defense a chance to get a stop and only give up three as opposed to seven right I there. I asked. That stuff makes a difference in terms of being able to be a leader in a locker room but also being able to have the respect of
1: your players. Well, CeCe, look what he just said about Russell Wilson leaving. Like, he just said, well, now that Russell isn't here anymore, this is my team. I need to own like That's the sign of somebody that wants to step up and own something. Remember when
0: Metcalf was in college and he wasn't putting up the numbers commensurate with the way he looked and the physical measurables, right? Uh Uh-oh, is that a red flag? He came on first take one day, and Molly was stumping for him. Oh, the Giants should get Metcalf. He came on first take. Some guys you talk to and you find out what they're about, they can't hide it, right? They're not just talking for the camera. It comes out of them. Metcalf had one thing on his mind. I want to be the greatest receiver who ever lived. When you see a physical specimen like that, with those measurables say that? You go, okay, this is different now. He's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the strength, and he's got the desire, right? Metcalf to me is different than Debo Samuel, who's a very interesting player. But I think Debo Samuel's number one attribute is that he saves his you a versa- roster spot. His versatility. Yeah. You got two, yeah. two you got two roster spots in one. It frees up a roster spot, basically. AJ Brown's excellent. Metcalf to me is different. I might I would be more tempted to trade for him than the other guys. Yeah, he's I'm got more Jets.
3: dominant physical traits. I mean, we were talking about Tyreek Hill. What's his dominant physical trait? He's speed. He's, he's he's the fastest guy with the ball in his hands in the NFL. Well, DK Metcalf is really, really fast. He's also really, really big. You're talking about a guy that's six three, six four, 230 pounds. And strong. This
1: just makes me depressed. Because I feel like the the Jets are just loaded with talent. A lot of draft picks. I know the Giants have draft picks too, but it feels like... you got to convert those draft picks into players, I know, but I, I understand. It just feels like the Jets have a lot more upside with... The youth of their potential, right? The potential of their youth, excuse me. Whereas I look at the Giants, I'm like, all right, we got Daniel Jones. He's the- it feels like we have to make a decision on him, Saquon Barkley. Like we have a lot of older assets, it feels like, as a Giants fan.
3: Well, you can feel good about what you saw from Andrew Thomas in year two. You can feel good about your left tackle. Right, I feel you like
1: can, you're can, saying that you can, with a can, little can, bit of you hesitancy. Can, you're like, you're not really sure. No, Andrew and Thomas,
0: can, I think, is a, yeah. uh, he went from a bust Early, which is unfair that's to such say, because it's a strong word. But, he was no, no. Pretty good last year. Andrew Thomas was, it was, was not last good year. in the beginning, but it sometimes takes left tackles yeah, a year. Was better or two. Yeah. last year, you I think f- he was good last year. Yeah. I think Andrew Thomas was a good left tackle. You can feel good about Kadarius Tony. You okay. feel good about Leonard Williams.
3: Anyway. I mean, outside of that, you really don't have a lot of cornerstone pieces. So yeah, if <laughs> that's what I if just, you're asking, if you're asking me which team in New York has more upside, who's, which team I'm more confident in their. In their future, over the next Jets. two or three seasons, it's the New York Jets. I'll That's tell you my ab- point. I That's will tell why you after this depressed.
0: draft. I will tell you after this draft. It's a too, I think is be. better. Jay. I know it's a bad place to be. You got to wait till <laughs> the end of this draft. They both have two extremely high picks. Right? Let's yeah. see what happens if the Giants wind up. If it falls to them, Evan Neal, and then wind up trading back and get Linderbaum and someone else, and all of a sudden you look at that, you go Andrew Thomas and Neal and Linderbaum, and they signed a couple guys on the offensive line or Tim for your defense, uh, and that, but. But they also got other stuff. All of a sudden, if they shore up the line of scrimmage, given their head coach now and the GM, I might like the Giants' future more. I don't
3: know, I man. Still like I mean, the you, see, more. you got you got Elijah Vera Tucker and Mikai Becton yep. on that offensive line. You, you do have Zach Wilson, and you have Quinnen Williams, who could be one of the best young interior defensive linemen in the National Football League. I, I don't know, man. Mikai
0: Becton I, just missed the season. Yep, Vera Tucker's good.
3: Did you see Mikai Becton in his no doubt? Season? I like him a
0: lot. I like him a lot. Are they? Yeah. Hey, Evan. Are they moving him to the right side? Or are they keeping him on the left side, Becton? I think I, I, because they D- it doesn't matter yeah right he's, he's a, a big, big guy he's, he's a modest he's, guy. he's I, a
3: modest I, I was he's
2: on the phone monster. with Brendan Hayward who's who's ready by the way whenever oh, you want to go excellent. to him let's go but, but what was nope. the question Not well, gonna Beckton
0: go are they keeping him on the left side or moving him to the right they're side they're
2: moving Beckton to the right side right. they're going to keep Fant at the left side they're also doing the same thing with their guard they're moving Elijah Vera Tucker to the right side to right guard because Tomlinson uh, Lincoln Tomlinson who they just signed from That's San Francisco a huge is going to be on the left side he's more comfortable there the Jets get a center if the Jets just get center, they'll have one of the best offensive lines in football. They'll go from one of the worst to one of the best. So they should, what
0: the Jets should do, this is what everyone's like, don't draft a center, it's not a value. If you have an incredible center prospect, use it, finish your offensive line, period. Once that's set up, your running game will pop, then we'll find out about Zach Wilson, especially if you go get a proven commodity at wideout. Okay, we got Brendan Haywood on the line right now. I just heard it from the horse's mouth. So did you. What's going on, Brendan? Thanks for joining us this morning. What's going on, man? How, good to be here. Good. You're listening to Keyshawn J. Willemax, Chris Canty in for Key today on ESPN Radio. Uh, Brendan, how surprised are you? that you, or What do you think that UNC got to the Final Four this year?
4: I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, I wasn't surprised that they made it because coming down the stretch of the season, if you watch UNC play – the guys really improved. Hubert has done a great job. Cut the rotation down. They played a lot better. But I'm surprised from where they started because at the beginning of the year, it didn't look like this was going to be a really good Carolina team. But you know, being alumni, I had to stick with my guys and I watched them and I watched them grow. And I knew there was a chance they could beat Baylor. I was like, they, they can. I was like, Baylor's good, but Baylor's not. What they were the year before. So once they got past Baylor, and you got a team with guys that are very, very confident, like Caleb Love is a confident kid. You knock off a team like Baylor, they're looking at the rest of the, that bracket
0: like, yeah, we can beat anybody. So I'm not surprised that they're here. Chris, you know why? You know, I mean, I had to introduce Brendan because yeah, Jay won't even talk to.
3: Yeah, him. Yeah, Jay doesn't want to talk to him. He doesn't want to ask him a question or anything. So
0: <laughs> I feel like I have to keep the interview
3: pushing. I have with nothing Brent to say would. to be what. Yeah, exactly. See, uh, come, yeah.
4: Hey, listen, man. Jay used to beat me up when we was in co- when we was in college, man. Come on, man! You, you won a championship when 6, I was in. When 11, I was in you were 6'11. You used alone. to punish
1: me. <laughs> I do want to thank you, though, B Wood, because you guys beat us at home, February 1st. By the way, I don't, I don't know what your sh- your free throw shooting percentage was, but the fact that you <laughs> went to the free throw line and you made those two free throws <laughs> to beat us at camp, you have no idea how much you have stained me as a player because that loss was still in my head, but it helped us win the championship that year. So I wanted to say thank you for that. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. It's,
4: it was great for me, but it ended up working out better for you guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do have to ask you, man, like, Caleb Williams. Like, you know, like, I, I'll be real with you. Right? I, I'm pseudo-North
5: Carolina Ooh. fan.
1: Like, Caleb Love. Caleb sorry, Love. I don't know why I said Caleb right. Williams. I'm thinking about USC and football because we talk football all the time on the show. Caleb Love. Um, watching them all – like, he is sometimes, when he is on top of his game, I'm like, damn, this dude has a chance to be special. And there are other times I'm like, man, what is he doing? doing but the way he's been playing these last two games what have you been seeing from him that gives you confidence that this could be the game for him
4: I'm just seeing the fact that he's confident and the one thing you can say about Caleb Love he doesn't lack for confidence there's games like you said I'm a, I'm an objective UNC fan while I'm watching the games I'm like what type of shot is that why is he shooting that like he's two for ten and he takes a wild three but that's what makes him great also is that He doesn't have a conscience. He's not scared. If he's two for 10, Jay, you play with guys. They're two for 10. They're scared to be two for 11. Mm -hmm. That's not him. And that's what makes him good. He is not afraid of the moment. If he's having a bad night, he can shoot his way out of it. If anybody saw UNC versus Syracuse in the regular season, Caleb Love was having a terrible game and came down the stretch and carried UNC into overtime and helped us win that game. And that's what makes him good. His mindset is, man, listen, if I'm three for 10, two, two for nine, I don't care. I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep making plays because that's what this team needs. And that is what this team needs. We can't win unless one of our guards are playing well, Caleb or RJ. Maybe not both of them. If both of them are playing well, you're probably going to lose. But we got to have one of them play well to win. Now,
1: I, I know, B. Wood, that you know, guys like Ed Cooley, Mark Few, Coach K, their names are involved for National Coach of the Year. But I have to believe it goes to Hubert Davis, what he's been able to do for North Carolina in his first year after Roy Williams retires its just—it's been phenomenal to watch that interview, you know, of them making it to the Final Four, seeing him cry for what it means for these players. Can you, can you give us some insight into who, who Hubert Davis is as a person?
4: First of all, Hubert Davis is a better person than he'll ever be a basketball coach. When I came into the Wizards, he was my—he was my rookie. I mean, he was my vet. I was his rookie. And he gave me such great advice. And I can tell he's giving that same advice to these young men. He's just a he's the type of guy that when he comes into your house, you want your son to play for that guy. Because he's a great guy. He really genuinely cares. Doesn't have a bad bone in his butt. You can't find one person that's like, Man, I don't like Hubert Davis. He's a bad guy. Well, maybe Chris Carroll Outside of that, <laughs> 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 outside of that, nobody dislikes Hubert Davis. And so he's a great guy. He's doing an incredible job. And when you look at the job he's doing, I think he has to be coach of the year. When you This UNC team doesn't have anybody that's a locked first-rounder. When was the last time UNC went to the Final Four and didn't have, like, two or three guys that we thought were going to the pros? Like, some of these guys might make it, but they're going to have to take the hard route of going to second round or going through somebody's uh, training camp, summer league. No guys that are clear and present first-rounders. This is the same team from last year – Minus two pros. You take off Kessler Walker, you take off Deron Sharp, and you add in Brady Manick, and then he has to switch. Jay, you played against UNC all the time. This isn't the same offense that Roy was running for the last 20 years that was very successful. When was the last time you seen UNC run a play with a strong side corner field from their four-man, which is Brady Manick? Hubert had to change his offense so we could get more with the time, so we could get better recruits because the stretch fours don't want to play like Sean May and Antoine and Antoine Jameson. They, they want to play like the way Brady Manick is playing right now. He changed the offense. He's taken this team minus two pros and done better and exceeded expectations, and now they're in the final four. I mean, that's what a coach of the year looks like to me. He changed the culture of it. Not the culture, but he changed the system. And within that first year, that system is paying dividends. Mm-hmm.
3: Talking with former UNC All-American center and the best-dressed big man in sports television, Brendan Haywood nice. on Uh, Real recognized, real. Now with Kyrie Irving back as a full-time player for the Nets, B. Wood, are the Nets the team to beat in the Eastern Conference?
4: Oof. Man, that's so tough, man. Um I'm, the team to, I'm still going to say that Milwaukee's the team to beat. They're the champs. I'm, you got to knock the champs out. But I'll tell you this. I wouldn't want to see the Brooklyn Nets. When they, didn't, when, Kyrie, when they had the Kyrie vaccination thing, I was like, okay, yeah, they, they can't win because he was going to miss three games every series. And it was going to be too much pressure on Katie. But with Kyrie, they're the scariest team. They have the highest ceiling. I'm going to say the team to beat is still Milwaukee. I'm going to roll with the champs. I love Giannis. I think he's having an incredible year that people are slightly overlooking, you know, how they get kind of get voters fatigue when you've been great for a long time. they just kind of like, oh, yeah, you're great again. Um, so the, he's kind of getting overlooked. But um, I have the Milwaukee Bucks as the team to beat, but the Nets are the scariest team because KD can get super, super hot. And he, to me, is still the best player in the league. And he he can go somewhere with his offense that most people can't.
1: So, B. Wood, there was some breaking news that we had on Get Up with Brian Windhorse, pretty much saying with the Boston Celtics that uh, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown did not play in their game against the Toronto Raptors. The reasoning why the Celtics did not have to play, there was no comment from the Celt- Celtics organization. Now, they did play the following game the next night. Uh, And it leads us to believe about the vaccination rule that Toronto does have. So there's a lot of speculation around, you know, are Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Al Horford vaccinated due to this could be one of the matchups we may see early in the playoffs. I'm curious, without Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or Al Horford, you know, what would you give the chances to the Boston Celtics on how they would handle that if they were potentially matched up against the Raptors?
4: If if you if you talking about if Jason Tatum Al Horford can't play, he said and Jalen Brown
1: and Jalen Brown be would.
4: No, nah, come on, man. Like they're not beating Toronto. They're, they're, like if, if you just took two of the three, they're not beating Toronto. Then you got to throw in throw in the fact that the big fella has a torn has a, uh Robert Williams has a torn MCL. We don't know if he's going to be back for the playoffs. He probably even if he comes back, he's not going. He's going to be compromised, and he's a athletic big man. He's not like. Like the Joker, where it's like, yeah, he just kind of he can win with passing and and uh, posting up and little jump hooks. This guy makes has to jump on that knee and pound all night long and play above the rim, block shots come out of nowhere, protect the weak side. So losing Robert Williams already compromised the team. If they have to go into a series without basically uh, four guys that are starters, not nah, the, the Toronto Raptors would be able to beat them if that's the case.
0: So Brendan Haywood on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Chris Canty sitting in for key today. I just want to mention one thing. Whatever the truth of the situation, Jason Tatum has said he is vaccinated. He did not play last night in Toronto, nor did really their three best players didn't play, nor did Jalen Brown, nor did Marcus Smart. But but Jason Tatum has said he is vaccinated in the past. Brendan Haywood, thank you very much for your time this morning. All right, B. Wood. Hey, one one last thing. Go ahead, Jay. Will
1: what up, B?
4: If you if UNC wins, oh,
1: see everybody trying is. to make me bets. I'm trying to tell you, man. If,
4: if you if UNC wins, because I know you were there last time when UNC walked into Cameron and, <laughs> and, and 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 we we smacked the Blue Devils worse than Will Smith
0: smacked us. <laughs>
5: if
4: UNC wins, you have to go on your Instagram or your Twitter and recant the statement that Joel Embiid is a combination of Kobe and uh, uh what, I forgot whatever Shaq, guard it was, maybe. Kobe
1: and somebody else. I,
4: I, as, as an ex-big man, I hated okay. it. I hated everything about it. Okay, You have to go back and recant that statement.
1: Okay. Right. Is not Kobe Bryant. All right. All right. And, and if it, you
4: come up with something for me, you can DM it to me, and I'll do that.
1: Oh, I'm going to DM it to you. I will send it to you. <laughs> hey, hey, and be by way, and be wood, the way, if, if you see MJ, tell him to stay the hell away from me because I am not trying to make any bet. With MJ on this game. Because no, he... No, don't, he come his his on. Big, big bank always, big always wins. Yeah, money, man. There's no, levels big to this. There's levels to, there's yeah. Levels yeah, to but this. But MJ don't, MJ don't
4: make bet regular... MJ's not going to bet you $100. MJ's going to be like, bet you 20000 Like, MJ, <laughs> MJ, we ain't betting $20,000. <laughs> we made money, but we ain't make your money. We ain't betting $20,000. <laughs> hey,
1: goodness $100 sake, $100 a year. Year, do not take my pocket Get out of here, man. All
0: right, man. Y'all be safe. All be B-Wood. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Brendan Haywood. All right. Much more on this Celtics situation that Jay brought up with Brian Windhorst himself in 20 minutes from right now. But coming up, how much would a current GM pay Baker Mayfield to play in 2022?
3: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more.
2: Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
5: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Did you know you
0: can listen to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max? Commercial free. That's right. You can listen to all your favorite ESPN radio shows and much more without the ads on TuneIn. The best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started, and we have now Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider with us to play fill-in-the-blank. Sorry, a little paper shuffle on my end, Mike. All right, Baker Mayfield, Mike Tannenbaum. Baker Mayfield would be valuable where? At what? Well, that's what's so
6: interesting. I would say Seattle or Carolina, but the interesting thing now is if I'm one of those two teams, Max, I'm making the Browns pay $18 million of his guaranteed salary, and I'll pay him at the league minimum.
0: Yeah, right. Cost costs you a million bucks.
3: So you're talking about $20 million overall compensation, but for Seattle only having to cover what, a million of that? That's a beautiful exactly. thing. That's a beautiful That's
0: just- thing, Mike T. What about Jimmy G? Where would Jimmy G be valuable, Mike T?
6: The San Francisco 49ers – I am hard-pressed, guys, to think why the 49ers would get rid of such a good quarterback who's been productive. And while I'm super intrigued by Trey Lance, what's the rush to get rid of a a good quarterback that's been productive for you?
3: Well, just for Trey Lance to have an opportunity to get out on the field, Mike T, because it's not just about 2022. It's about trying to capitalize on Trey Lance's rookie contract because that's the most valuable commodity in the entire NFL. You only got Jimmy G for one more season. Why not flip him for an asset that you can use to be a part of the supporting cast for Trey Lance?
6: Because That's easy. First of all, quarterbacks get hurt. It's a long 17-game season. Yeah, why especially have, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> right, so why not have two of them? And we don't know exactly what we have in Trey Lance. While we could be super encouraged, we have a Super Bowl-ready team. Why do we want to just hand that over to a player who may or may not be ready?
3: Mike T., they just told me that Jimmy Garoppolo, we know who he is based on the sample size. It's not good enough. Let's trade three first-round draft picks for Trey Lance. Why would you not want to get that party started as soon as possible?
0: Here's what Kyle Shanahan said this morning at the NFL's owners, NFL owners meeting. He sees a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo's on the roster in 2022. As if both Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo are on the roster. As for both, like if they're both on the roster, Shanahan declines to name a starter, right? Like, what happens then? It's got to be Trey Lance's starting job. And Jimmy G is there in the event of injury or failure.
3: Well, you have to know what Trey Lance is before you let Jimmy Garoppolo go. And you only have him under contract for one more year. You're not going to franchise Jimmy Garoppolo. So it just seems like there's a natural opportunity to let Trey Lance be the starter. Now, I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are presenting this front because they want to make sure they prop up the trade market for Jimmy G because... It's moved a little slow in terms of teams being interested in him because he had surgery surgery this offseason
0: on his throwing I shoulder. I ain't moving Jimmy G. In. It's like Saquon for the Giants. I'm not moving him unless you bowl me over. He has more value for me than a, than a, a bad draft pick.
3: Completely agree, yeah. Max, but here's the thing. John Lynch said last week that they've gotten multiple second-round picks offered to him for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know how true that is. The only scenario that I could come up with that makes sense is that yep. the Seattle Seahawks who need a quarterback and who are in their division
0: offer the multiple twos Mike for that deal. Mike T. Chris. Da- yep. Go ahead, Mike.
6: Chris, you know what John Lynch did? He took a negotiation class at Stanford. So that's what that's all about. All right.
0: Daniel Jones will be valuable where, Mike T.
6: Right where he is. And that's why we hired Brian Dayball to make your New York Giants better, Max. He's developed quarterbacks in the past and – This is a huge year for Daniel Jones. Don't turn it over. Stay healthy. And you may be the giant quarterback for a long time, Daniel Jones.
3: Mike T., you are declining the option that they have to make a decision on this offseason, right? There's no way you give them the
6: fifth-year option, correct? 100% Chris just look at Baker Mayfield look at Sam Darnold and if he plays great Chris we could get the deal done or we could tag him next year and candidly that's a great problem to have
3: well based on the sample size Mike T just out of curiosity with Daniel Jones if you are talking about him playing well enough to want to extend him what would that dollar figure look like on average annual value
6: yeah I think it's somewhere around 25 million dollars a year I don't think he's as good as Kirk Cousins right now and to me that's what's so hard about the quarterback position guys there's just not enough of him, and to me, he's a B at best, and you have to pay him
0: accordingly. Hey, let me ask you this: You said Baker Mayfield is a deal, right? Because you're paying a minimum. Jimmy G, we know he's got twenty-seven, whatever, twenty-seven million. You're going to pay him something. What would Daniel Jones? What number? Right, like, like you answer the Daniel. Sorry, Kyler Murray would be valuable at what? At what number, Mike T?
6: Max, that's a great question. That's a harder one for me. I mean, there's that market around $40 million. The problem is, I don't know if he's worth it, but I also know that if the three of us were running a team, the options aren't great without him. So I guess I would have to go to $40 million reluctantly.
3: Ooh, that's a lot of money. Well, if Kyler Murray's getting $40 million a year, then what's Lamar Jackson getting, Mike T? Because this is a guy that the Ravens are trying to nail down with a long-term extension. That he seems reluctant to engage them in contract negotiations. What are you going to have to pay Lamar Jackson to keep him around Baltimore long-term?
6: Chris, this one's easy for me. Lamar Jackson's a really good player. He's going to go down as a Hall of Fame agent. He waited, and he just made an additional $80 million. I walk into Eric DeCosta's office. I put my feet up on the desk, and I say, hey, guess what? I'm not taking $1 more than Deshaun Watson, but I'm not going to take $1 less. If you don't want to give me fully guaranteed $230 million, I will find somebody who will.
0: Justin Herbert, is there enough money in the world? What number? How do you value him as a GM, Mike T?
6: Oh, I I think that's totally different. I just say to him, look, you're going to retire a charger, and the more of the pie you take, the less we're going to have for your teammates. So here's a blank contract. You fill in the amount and I'll let you know who your teammates are going to be. Hey, Mike, can I ask you something?
0: <laughs> Chris, before you jump in, can I ask you something? Is it possible to structure a contract where I'm Justin Herbert's agent, I want X percent of your salary cap? Is that, is that yep. a legal contract in the NFL? Could it be?
6: No one's ever done that. That's been speculated, so I believe you have to put in a dollar amount. Um, if anybody would have the leverage to do it, it would be him. It would be Joe Burrow. Uh, but let me tell you, just being around the league meetings the last couple of days, There are a lot of people in the league that are really upset with the Browns and the Haslams because you think about Joe Burrow, you think about Kyle Murray, you think about Russell Wilson and what he'll get, and that Deshaun Watson contract has created shockwaves in the quarterback market.
3: Mm. Well, Mike T., since you brought his name up, let's go there. Russell Wilson just traded to the Denver Broncos. He's got a couple of years remaining on his deal, but what would it take to get a long-term deal done with Russell Wilson this offseason? What's the number?
6: Well, again, it would have been, last week, it would have been $45 million a year with 150 guaranteed, but what the Denver Broncos did is they gave Russell Wilson a blank check, they gave up multiple first-round picks, and Russell Wilson can't go anywhere, so his agent's going to say, well, wait a second, I'm not going to take anything less than what Deshaun Watson got, and when you want to pay me that, I'm going to sign the contract, and if you don't, I'll go someplace else. So. I'm just telling you like there have been shockwaves and the number is going to be 45 to $46 million a year and $230 million fully guaranteed.
3: Mike T just real quick. Cause we're up against the break. We saw that Matt Stafford did his deal after Deshaun Watson and only got $40 million a year, fresh off of a super bowl. And he's in his early thirties. Uh, does age factor into the dollar figure that you're going to have to give these guys?
6: Uh, yes and no. I think, he was sort of down the road a little bit from what I understand that deal. And I think he wanted to try to keep as many of his teammates as possible. And look, he still got a really good deal. But I think now that Deshaun Watson has kind of settled in on the market, I think we'll, we'll see that being different. And I think what Adam Rodgers has shown is, regardless of age, you could still get a massive, massive contract.
0: That is Mike Tannenbaum,
2: ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you having me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around.
0: The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Guys, Mike Tomlin, who, I mean, Chris Candy said, I want to run through a brick wall for that dude. I feel that way. You understand? Like, Mike Tomlin talks, that's the dude you want to play for. Here he is at the NFL meetings, leaving no one to wonder why it is that even with Mason Rudolph, he goes 500, right? Listen to Mike Tomlin, his take on NFL's new overtime proposals.
4: To be quite honest with you, I'm a sudden death advocate. I'm a traditionalist. I don't fear sudden death, and I never have. Uh, But obviously, I lost that battle a decade ago. (laughs) But my position remains unchanged. I am one of the few sudden death advocates, I would imagine. I just think 60 minutes, everybody has had a fair opportunity to win the game. And, And so, you know, when you're talking about changes as it pertains to competitive fairness, I speak to the first 60 minutes that we all had to win the game. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Gerardo,
1: I'm not mad at. It.
0: In Las Vegas, guys wants to talk about it. What you got, Gerardo? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, my proposal is just like the penalty kicks on
4: soccer. We no coin toss, no nothing. We start at the goal line, two possessions there. And you're going to do five turns. So we start at the goal line twice, and then we move five yards back, and we do five turns like that. The the only
3: Gerardo, the only problem that I have with that is, it's not the game of football. It's just not. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's gimmicky. It's a situation where you're taking it out of the normal flow
0: from what we see. I mean, field goal kicking is not really in the game. Like, kicking is like punting and kicking special teams. The normal flow of the game has very little to do with that, and yet there it is, and deciding games a lot of the time.
3: No, you're right about that. I understand that, Max, but it typically doesn't come down to that, just that one moment. It's a sequence of plays that ultimately leads to all the pressure being on the field. Goal I game. say like Game
0: of Thrones, choose a champion on each team. And have them fight it out in the middle of the field. Whoever wins, that's who wins the game.
3: I don't know. With, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I might put Mike Tomlin out there instead of a player. <laughs> I mean, dude, it, it is one thing is clear. When you listen to Mike Tomlin talk, there is no middle ground. I mean, put he the knows how in sound bites right. all the time, yeah, too. Like, he doesn't even
1: talk in complete sentences. Remember when they were
3: trying to say that he was linked to that USC job? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how he came out with that? Mm. I mean, no middle ground with Mike Tomlin. And that's what you love as a player. There is no gray area. You know exactly
0: where you stand with that dude. He knows one way straight ahead That's <laughs> it. the only way, way is through
1: yeah exactly yeah just compete like under love it commercial.
0: I love it all right we're back in what 10 seconds starting from when I need the countdown but by the way we have <laughs> a very special guest coming up breaking news here on ESPN It's gonna send shockwaves through the NBA When you look at this Celtic team, they have the best starting five in basketball. They are now a team
2: defensively that concedes absolutely nothing. They're like a bunch of piranhas.
0: Hard to imagine them doing it without the Time Lord, right? And he's hurt, but there may be even bigger fish to fry there now. The Celtics were without Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart did play. I think earlier in the show I said he didn't, but it was Al Horford, right? Mm -hmm. And Marcus Smart was in the game, and I saw him play until I fell asleep, and I caught him on SportsCenter this morning also sweating at the end of that game. All right, so they still nearly won the game, guys, but no Tatum, no Brown. We bring in Brian Windhorst now to help us understand why giving you the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise, Brian Wendy, what more can you tell us on the Celtics?
5: So this has been something that's been hanging out there for a while. We've been waiting to see what happens. So the rule in Toronto changed midway through the year. There was a time when unvaccinated players could play in Toronto. They just were under quarantine. I think it was about January 15th when that no longer became the case. We talked about this with Kyrie for a while. If the Nets had played the Raptors in the play-in game or whatever in Toronto, Kyrie couldn't play. But the Nets are not the only player with the only team with an unvaccinated player. So the Celtics go to Boston to go to Toronto on Monday. They have three guys who are I mean, they were on the injury report, but they all three played on Sunday, so they were scratches. Jason Tate, Mal Horford, Jalen Brown. Tim Bontemps, who covers the Celtics for us, lives in Boston, asked the Celtics if this was a playoff situation, would all of your players qualify to play in Toronto? And they said No comment. Now, we know Jason Tatum is on the record as saying he's been vaccinated. I know that. He has said that. So, I don't know what this means. The Celtics had one game, and they went from first place in the East to fourth place in the East. I don't know if they're going to play the Raptors, but I'm just going to point out that in the event of a Raptors-Celtics series, vaccination would be an issue, and we have the Celtics saying no comment with you know, leaving guys home for a game of draft. I want
0: to follow up on the Jason Tatum. Did he say specifically the words, I have been vaccinated against COVID, or is it an Aaron Rodgers situation where we have interpreted what he said as meaning that, but maybe he didn't actually say those specific words, so he had some, you know, cold-pressed juice or whatever people think is going <laughs> to protect them against COVID?
5: I mean, I don't have it <clears throat> right in front of me, but I'm – fairly certain that, that he didn't give himself any out like that. Got and it. He, he didn't like that there was that he felt like he had to. He also had and I don't know if, I don't know what the correct term is, long COVID or whatever, but he had extended COVID symptoms when he got sick mm-hmm. last year, had to use an inhaler for a while. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean I can't say with definitive nature who is and who isn't. I can just tell you that these guys didn't play. I think Tatum, I, I don't think Tatum is an issue, but I don't know. And the Celtics are offering no comment.
1: Wow. I mean, that, I mean hypothetically, and then combine that with the fact that Robert Williams is out. Yeah. Uh, that's a significant loss. So for we'll, we'll
5: have, I don't know if we'll have an update today, but it's my understanding that Robert Williams is going to have surgery this week. Wow. Uh, the question is, wow. is he going to have the type of meniscus surgery where you can come back? Uh, in the short term? Or is he going to have a type of meniscus surgery that may it'd be a long term? And I'm not an orthopedist. I won't try to guess. But, I mean, we've seen guys come back in two weeks from meniscus. We've seen guys be out for a year.
0: I mean, that's so huge because, first of all, there's this bombshell about we not knowing about vaccination status on the Celtics. Certainly if they have a series in Toronto and we don't see uh, uh, Brown, we would make certain assumptions. If we don't see Tatum, we'll make certain assumptions, especially I, if the I comment don't from the team is no
5: comment. I don't And I don't want to go too far here. I don't think Tatum is an issue, but there were two other players that were not there that were on the injury report. That's all I really know.
0: Robert Williams is also huge. Look, I like Tice. He's a nice player, right? And I thought he would kind of be their small big in a Mm -hmm. smaller lineup, and it would work really great. The difference with Time Lord because of that defense is dramatic right that's a
1: huge huge loss because
0: if they're all healthy and they're all playing in all the games Celtics could really do well, this Max,
1: and one of the reasons why the Celtics are so great defensively is because they have great ball guards that can apply pressure on the perimeter Marcus Smart Jalen Brown even JT to a degree Jason Tatum and just knowing that you got a guy behind you that can block shots but also can alter shots Gamble allows you to apply more pressure
0: yeah yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um,
1: Talking with
3: ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst on KJM. And, Wendy, you know I'm the resident Lakers fan on this (laughs) show, and so i got to ask you a Lakers-related question. Now, LeBron and AD both are expected to miss tonight's game against the Mavs. Are we going to see these guys in the regular season at any point, or is this playing for the play-in games?
5: So let's start with some good news for the Lakers. There's very little of it, but we'll start with the good news. is that AD did practice yesterday in Dallas on their off day. It was the first time he practiced since he hurt his foot. So the indication – assuming no setbacks, which we shouldn't do in today's day and age, I think within a few days, we'll see how he reacts. I think he's going to be back out on the court, which they're going Mm. to need. The rest of it's all bad news. Um, LeBron is doubtful, and i got to tell you, there has been a handful of times in LeBron's career where he has sprained his ankle in a game, tightened his shoe, and finished it, and then had to miss a few days afterwards. As resilient as those ankles are, and he was really down about it, The other night he felt, I mean, he knows his body and he's so calibrated. He's, he's rolled his ankle probably, you know, 70 times in his NBA career. He knows exactly what, and that did not sound like a guy to me who was going to play. Now, this is a guy who, who is in the month of March, this is going to fire Jay Will up. I know before I say it (laughs) in the month of March, he has played more minutes per game than any month in eight years. He was still in his twenties. The last time he played this many minutes a game. I would almost argue that you give him tonight's game off, you take the loss, you slip to 11th, and try to bring him back um, You know, with a couple more days off at the game in Utah.
0: This reminds me a lot of I was in L.A. doing afternoon drive, Wendy, when the Lakers made the Steve Nash and uh, Dwight Howard trades, and they were supposed to take the world by storm, and Kobe Bryant had to wind up... Willing them into the playoffs, down the stretch, last like 20-something gets 26 games. But he was playing himself, basically, because was D'Antoni going to sit him on the bench? 40 minutes a game. 40? Uh, he was time, playing 46. Right, no, but I mean, he was <laughs> averaging over a yeah. good period of time. You're right, because at a certain point, he was playing almost every minute of the game. Yeah. And I remember saying at the time, catastrophic injury is a real issue here. It could happen, and it did happen. And other than that 60-point game to end his career, he was never the same. Like they better cut it back with LeBron, Wendy. We got like 20 seconds
5: here. Well, the only thing I would say is that that team, their draft pick situation was different. This team, the Lakers have no draft pick. So there's no incentive. And also LeBron believes in keeping the hammer down. So good luck taking him on the inactive.
0: Brian Windhorst, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Wendy, as always. Thanks, Wendy. The game of the month. That was the game of March madness so far. We saw it last night. That's coming up next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10
5: Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.